0: Well, hello, hello. Welcome back. FixNation.com. One more time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Oh, if you're old enough to remember where that reference comes from. And don't say Batman, because that's kind of a giveaway. Um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the national debt. And more importantly, why is it toxic and why is nobody talking about it? Think about this. Ready? Just If you want to just wrap your head around this one, because I can't, try being at the Democratic National Convention, going for four days, having a laundry list of quote-unquote top leaders out there, both of the Clintons, both of the Obamas, Joe Biden, Cain, everybody, right? Everybody, it's a laundry list, it's potpourri, of history, present, quote-unquote, future, their version. How much time did the national get get? Zero. Not a mention. It's not a problem to them. But we'll get to that. But it's not like the Trump camp is banging a drum about national debt he's mentioned it i I will i will say that he absolutely has brought it up he absolutely has it dressed out out of control but it doesn't get a lot of time not a lot of airplay so we're going to get to that start with the news of the day which was trump gave an economic speech in detroit today quote-unquote unveiled his plan all right sounds good four big chunks in the plan You've got the tax piece, tax reform basically. You've got the trade piece. You've got regulation. You've got energy. Agree across the board. Okay? If you listen the right way, agree across the board. A lot of people hear the trade piece and the, the, the hair on their neck stands up. It's like, oh, wait a second. We're a free trade country. Oh, wait a second. That's not capitalist. Oh, come on, hold on. That's going to kill. You're going to you're going to, try to make everything so expensive. Okay, one, that's not what he said, Okay, which is a pretty recurring theme. You need to listen. What he has said is we're going to go back and renegotiate some of these deals, and we're going to hold people accountable when they don't abide by their side of the deal. Think about it in your personal world. You pay rent, but the but the landlord treats you like crap and lets I mean the power runs out. You don't get cable, you got leaks, the plumbing goes bad, but he doesn't do his job, she doesn't do her job. Aren't you upset? Don't you just want fairness? I'm gonna pay you, but you need to fix this. Right? Contracts have consideration. That is a give and take. It is a mutual agreement. Both parties agree and both parties parties need to pony up what is right in that agreement love it or hate it that's what it is that's all he's saying do your part second piece he's saying is how come every country makes a deal with us always gets a surge in gdp and we don't how come it's always better for them and not better for us what's his take on that bad people making bad negotiation deals and for a guy who wrote The Art of the Deal a million years ago, for a guy who's been very, very successful in the bulk of what he's done in business, i got a tip for you. Isn't that a guy you want on your side negotiating that deal or kind of spearheading the charge, keeping people in check? So from the trade piece of it, which is the most, most difficult people, for people to understand, that's the slam dunk. The tax reform we can all agree with, it's going to excite the economy. Now, it might cost some deficit spending or not. That's to be determined by the budget office. It might or might not help you at your particular run of the tax ladder, so to speak. But what he's leading, that was a very, very fair tax. Everybody will be better off because of this. The economy will be better off because of this. We'll be much more competitive in the world. Because we're much more competitive, we'll probably number one in the world, Okay, with regard to the corporate haven tax-wise, people will look to either stay here or they will look to come back here, both of which is a win for us. Because his point is America first. Let's keep the money and the wealth here and the jobs. Super. We all win. Don't you want to have an opportunity at a better, different job, have an opportunity to choose that if you choose? Have competition for your skills in the labor force as opposed to simply take whatever job is out there because you have to pay the bills, etc. All right, so the four pieces he talked about today were all very, very, you know, exciting, normal. He's got a real grip on it. It's something that all of us will benefit by if you understand it, if you listen, if you pay attention. He was very calm throughout, he was stable. That's two in a row. You know we need to put a string of those together to convince us that he can kind of stay presidential for a while. I don't think, by the way, that personality is that big a deal. I will speak for me. I have a poll out today, Fix Nation. So at Fix the Nation, Twitter. You can go on. There's a poll going. go run, run for a couple of days. And the poll is real simple. What's your biggest priority when it comes to your selection of a presidential candidate? Are you looking for, one, economy jobs, two, immigration, three, national security, or four, personality slash stability? I urge you to vote. I'm real curious what people's number one thing is when they're going to go choose a candidate. What's their hot button? I'll be curious. Right now, national security is leading. Immigration number two, jobs number three, personality stability number four. I'm curious if it stays that way. So I encourage you to one, vote, and to, to two, retweet to come. I'd like to stretch this out and get a broad, broad opinion, broad, broad uh, return. I'm curious. But it kind of comes back to what we're talking about today, which is national debt, because it's all, it's all connected. When you're in high school and you want to go on a date, maybe you want the prettiest guy or girl. But, but once you get past that, you start looking deeper, don't you? I'll speak for me. I don't need a boring or an exciting president. I need someone who's going to do the job. I need a leader. I need an issue-based, problem-solving leader who can deliver. And trust me, that's a pretty tall order. Yes, I keep the bar pretty high. For me, I think we deserve that. We're the greatest country on the planet. Don't we deserve the greatest leader? I'm not into settling that much. Really not. It doesn't make me happy when I do it. There are times I have to, but I'll tell you one thing. This really isn't one of them. I want a good leader. That's what my expectation is. It's been a long time since I've been satisfied with that, by the way. That's a separate story. So we talked about economy today, going back to Trump. And he made one, I will call it the minor flaw, but it's something he can correct, there's another piece to this. The shoe the other shoe didn't drop. And this is where I think he needs to go. He's got plenty of time to do it and he needs to pound the issues. And he spoke for an hour today. So it's not like he can really just continue droning on because you're going to lose, you're going to dilute the message. But here's what he needs to do. He stated a very solid, sensible, real, focused economic plan today broad swath. Yes, he needs to flesh out some of the details underneath it to explain how he'd get to some of these things, but for the most part, good plan. Everybody down ticket from him can rally around this. The tax reform package specifically is very similar to what Kevin Brady, chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, and that committee, and Speaker Ryan have been thinking about In Congress, so they're starting to get some tax reform unity in the messaging. That's a wonderful start. They found common ground. Now everybody up and down the ticket can go beat that drum all the way across the board for the economic plan. You can go do that. Super. Here's here's the piece he didn't get to. The distinction about what will happen to the national debt with this plan versus what's going to happen with hillary's plan because let's go forward with in time with with two two plans right now we haven't had a balanced budget in over eight years thank you president obama for dumping a whole lot more debt right on top of this and there's no end in sight if you elect her remember she wants to raise taxes She wants to increase government scope and size. She wants to be bigger at the federal level because she truly believes in her heart of hearts philosophically and in reality that that is absolutely the answer to everything. It does take a village to raise a child, obviously, to quote her book title, which is a lie, by the way. It takes parenting, but that's a separate issue. Okay, That's what she sees. She sees bigger, better, stronger, faster on the government side, which is size and scope, which costs money, which we do not have. The very money she would take from me and you to go upstream with it to then give us some crumbs back in some federal programs because, quote-unquote, she knows what's best for us. And I say that really snarky because it's offensive. You know who knows what's best for me? Me. You know best for my wife? Her. That's, it ends right there, folks. There's no one who knows me better than me. There's no one who knows what I want in this world better than me. And there's no one who should be able to go get that for me except for me. This is the land of opportunity. This is one of our freedoms and individual liberties is the, the, the pursuit of happiness. Yes? So get out of my way. Let me go get it. But if you suck me dry financially, how am I supposed to chase my dreams if that's what I need to go get my dream? How do I open a business if I can't save? How do I buy a home if I can't save? How do I afford college for my kids if I can't save? Repeat. And no, don't tell me that, oh, well, the government will decide which house you get. No, that's okay. We'll give you a car stipend. No, that's okay. Your, college can ha- you know, your children go to a you know, vocational school because that's what they qualify in for their class. They can go to a tech school because that's they qualify in their class because you see how it works, right? You have the haves and the have-nots down that path. That's the end game. And here's the funny part. The very people she tends to say she represents are the exact opposite of who feeds her money and pays her meal ticket. She absolutely is controlled by the top 2%. Look at everybody who donates to her. She's raised forty eight million dollars from Wall Street. Donald Trump nineteen thousand. I want you to think about that disparity right there. Forty eight million for her, nineteen thousand for him. That's not even on the same planet with each other. The Clinton Foundation's most of their money comes from overseas foreign countries i want you to think that through foreign countries hedge funds and wall street are the main fundraising people for the democratic democratic nominee you truly want that to lead this country and you think she will take care of the little guy the little person for every man woman child at the lower level How is she supposed to fix the economy when she's never done anything but public service to make a jobs program at the federal level? got a tip for you. No one ever at the federal level has created a job. You create the environment that you allow capitalist businesses to flourish in, and that creates jobs. You don't burden it with Obamacare, you don't kill it with regulations, you don't overtax it, you get the hell out of the way and let it run because people love to make more money than they've already made courage that not demonize it which is exactly what she and President Obama have done over the course of the last eight years to have money you're bad you should feel guilty unless you're in the top 2% that donate to her candidacy what you think about the hypocrisy just completely owned by that? And that's the core distinction between these two candidates on that particular issue. And with the economic plan he laid out today, what he needs to do is take that final step into the national debt, which is the discussion today, and say, understand this. I'm willing to understand that smaller government works. I understand that less taxes bring on more revenues – But we need to control the spending piece of it and make some tough choices to get us where we need to be to lower our debt, balance our budget, and get us out of the hole that we've been buried in by Obama and Clinton. Hammer time. Bang. There you go. Can't fight that. She can't. She's already said she's going to raise taxes. On that note, by the way, she made a faux pas. She was in a speech the other day. Warren Buffett is sitting right behind her. And she says, just clear as day, she's trying to make a point, you know, that she's gonna raise taxes on the middle class. Now she meant to say, probably, okay. The high, the highest. But whatever. Raise tax on the middle class. He's clapping feverishly, and the crowd goes wild. Yay! She's going to raise taxes on the middle class. Would you think about the lunacy of that? If you're in the middle class right now, Democrat, Independent, or Republican, I want you to ask yourself if you can afford that. So not only are they devaluing our wages, lowering our middle income But you're also going to tax me more on the less money I have while you raise the cost across the curve and bury me in debt at the national level. Thank you very much. No. Number two, raising taxes kills economies, period. Go back in history of history. That's what it does. It slows economies down. If you want to boost revenue and boost economy, you lower taxes. It's what Kennedy did. It's what Reagan did. It's how you excite an economy to get more revenues for everybody overall, control your spending, and that's where the surplus comes for to attack the debt. But let's go back. Let's talk about debt for a second. First off, over $19 trillion in federal debt national debt at this point in time and climbing by the way going to be i think we've already spent like 22 or 23 trillion because they only account for it as the bills roll in they've already spent it down the road the fed they have a four trillion dollar balance sheet got to pay off that that's money we owe these are all markers that's $23 trillion to $26 trillion, depending on which number you use, that's absolutely sitting there we owe that needs to get paid off. Now, let's think something small, just kind of think this one through. If you're going to lower – if you're going to take $500 billion out of our GDP, money could be spent, which is spent by the government, to go now pay down debt. Now that money doesn't go back to the economy. That money just comes out of the economy. That 500 billion is roughly about four percent of GDP, roughly. I want you to think about that. You want to have a recession with four percent. if you pour 500 billion out, you can't do that. So what you have to do is not really touch that as much. But you've got to get the revenues up over up over your spending level. You have to excite the revenue side of it. Raise more in taxes, spend slightly less, and the difference, which is unaccounted for money, it's not coming out of the economy, it's just gonna have to pay off debt, which will save an interest down the road. Okay? And I think once we establish that kind of a path, you know what happens? The market catches on and goes, hey, this country's healing itself. People who look at us as a debtor nation understand the value of our currency is now worth more because we've taken money off the table. Dollar starts to go up. Wealth in America, money worth more. Purchasing power goes up. And trade deficits go down. That's a wonderful thing, but you have to fix multiple issues to get there. If you can downsize governments a little, if you can raise revenues by excising the economy, piece of it. The last piece, and this is why it's toxic, I want you to think about what makes up 80.5% of the money spent at the federal government level. Entitlement. Defense. Everything else is discretionary for another 19.5%. Now, you still have to have most of that, but you could tweak it a little here and there. But I want you to know, we're real thin on defense already, and we're entitlements is the bulk of that money. Now, here's why national debt is a toxic conversation if you ask anybody and get a real answer how do you solve the national debt how do you pay for it and simpson bowles was a proof to this they came up with a 10 point plan to address national debt four years ago i want to say ballpark And it was bipartisan, it was agreed upon, and it was blatantly ignored by this administration. President Obama didn't even give it a cursory glance because he believes in bigger government. He doesn't want to spend less. He doesn't want to trim things down. He doesn't want to make tough choices. He wants to say bigger, better, stronger, faster government is good for everybody. Heck, we should increase it more. Lunacy, but it's their philosophy on the liberal side of the spectrum. It's unhealthy fiscally. It's unsound logically, but it is their philosophy, so you have to address it. But now that we've wasted the last four years and not addressing the national debt, what was the point of Simpson-Bowles' 10-point plan? Very simply this, and I'm just going to – this is just the bigger, this, the bigger umbrella above it. You need everyone to give up something that's important to you in some small way. Everybody, every man, woman, and child, old, young, male, female all races need to give up something to get this paid off there is absolutely no way that there is a magic bullet that will say hey if you just do this one thing it will take care of itself nope impossible the math doesn't work you need to take a little bit from everybody. You need a 1% across-the-board cut. I don't mean lower the increase. I mean a true cut. Well, hold on a second. You mean my Social Security will go down by 1% as opposed to cost-living of living increase? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean my Medicaid? You mean my, you mean my, you mean my, you mean my every single program, every single piece of it one percent the minute you make that kind of a statement you get immediate knee-jerk reactions from 100 percent of people don't take mine take his don't take mine take hers don't take mine take theirs don't take mine take theirs it's not our problem i deserve this no matter what topic you're talking about that's what they say i deserve this okay I guess you're entitled to your perspective. I would phrase it differently. You think you deserve it. You in actuality have already received the very benefits of a government who overspent. We all have in indirect ways and direct ways. So therefore we all need to pony up to pay the check for the meal we've eaten for our entire lifetime. Every man, woman, child needs to pony up for that. That is the sad, pathetic, real solution to the national debt that not one single leader in Washington to date has the guts to stand and deliver that message. Why? Because we need to hear it, number one. Number two, it makes the lunacy of deficit spending in D.C. even more intolerable. Every year, we just shred $500 billion of money we do not have. We just simply spend other people's money because we can't say no. We don't pay for bills along the way. We just say, do it, we'll find money. Do it, we'll find money. It's reckless. It's horrific. It's damaging. It's destructive to the very nation They were voted in to serve, protect at the legislative and the administrative level. Tragic. Should be criminal, but it's not. So now what do we do? This toxic culture. Well, one, you need to vote for change. Okay? And if you're listening, I don't care how much the bombastic personality – gets to you how those momentary moment in the media sun days unravel you have two choices in this election for real you have hillary who's going to tax you into oblivion make government bigger and you have more of the same deficit spending as far the eye can see and eventually it's just game over social security is bankrupt in about 13 to 14 years if you give her one term, she probably gets reelected. She gets reelected, that's eight of the 15 years, eight of the 13 years. So by the time she's out of office, game over. now we'll be closer to 30 trillion in debt. And huh, here's the kicker. We'll be five years from a bankrupt Social security because nothing's going to change that. She's not going to touch it. She wants to spend more money. She wants to do free college tuition. Just ask her. Just ask Bernie Sanders. Just ask President Obama. They'd love to give free tuition out. Now, I know, as someone who has to balance a household's budget, I understand as a businessman, Bill is balancing my own checkbook. You need to balance the budget. You can't just say something's free. You've got to find a way to pay for it. Of course, that's what they don't tell you. They don't answer that question, and no one in the media asks that question. They just sit there and say, free tuition. Everybody goes, really? I go to college for free? No, you can't go to college for free. Well, you could, but you know what? You'd pay for it? You'd pay for that for the rest of your life in higher taxes because now you're paying college for everybody else who follows you. That's against the grain of what's in America. I'm not saying you can't go to college. I am saying you need to find that way. It's not the government's job to send you. It's your job. Go figure it out. I worked and paid my way through college. What do you mean free tuition for you? Go get a job. What job? There's no jobs. Hello? Because she's not going to create jobs. He hasn't created full-time jobs. He's created government and part-time jobs. Look at the difference between the U3 and the U6, and you'll see it. This is not the land of the lost this is absolutely fixable but there's no way that the status quo normal everyday politician is going to fix this will not happen the establishments and i said plural don't get it trump is forcing painfully forcing The Republicans, to understand something, what they've done historically didn't get it done. They lost their way. It's time to wake up and get back to some core American beliefs. A lot of what he's about, people celebrate, not the establishment. The establishment bucks against it because they've got people they have to answer to, right? just like she does. And that's part of the dark piece about our uh, political structure. The haves and the have-nots is not just a money or a social thing. It's also a power thing. Once you have it, man, you want to hang on to it, don't you? What's your vote truly worth, right? What's that bill? Does that bill really have to include that little piece about about my industry? Oh, we'll just take that out. Oh, you sure you can't put that in there? Here we go. Deals done every single day in Washington for that. That's why lobbyists just surround D.C. They have access more than you and I ever, ever will. It's not a perfect system, but it's the one we got. But here's the good news. someone like Donald Trump comes along, he is the advent of change. And this is the year in 2016... That change is critical. We are excited for change. Whether you are a Bernie Sanders fan or a Donald Trump fan, change is change. The status quo is old school, didn't get it done, and change is now. Now the question is change to what? Well, the Democrats made their choice. They they completely circled the wagons around Hillary. Republicans are still trying to figure it out. They're getting closer. They pick Trump. They nominate him. So he's there. And for the most part, they've circled wagons. They still have some people to get on board, and they have not unified as much as they need to the messaging piece of this. But I will say this. For one guy standing alone, for the most part, doing a hell of a job. He's made his mistakes. I give you that. She can't shake him off. It seems like last two weeks he's done nothing right. She's done everything right, but she can't pull away and bury him. Yes, she's gotten more support. He hasn't lost support, though. And as he starts to settle out and get more traction with the issues, and that's where he needs to stay, pound the issues, get back to core issues. Here's the problem. Let's talk economy. Let's talk immigration. Let's talk national security and go down that path. And he has to pound her. With the distinction, crystal clear, common sense, understandable distinctions between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I'm small tax. She's higher tax. I'm pro-business. She's anti-middle class. And say why and really start to dig into this. Use her planning as his plan and spell out details. She wants to raise taxes and spend at the government level. Show me in the history of history where that's ever worked out well. She believes government solves all problems. Show me where that's American. Since she's lied on everything else, why would you believe her now? He needs to paint those clear distinctions and sticky issues and pound the table with that and get up and down the ticket to sell that same kind of a unified message the more we do that the more likely it is that donald trump ends up in the white house because this is a long long way we're about three months away almost to the day of the election but that's a long time in, in 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 a campaign 90 days is forever there's a lot of motion to settle out august is a fluffy month until you get past labor day polls mean nothing you will see ups and downs. Not a big deal. Don't let, don't let your blood get up about it. In September, take a look at the polls and now start to pay attention. Now they'll start to mean something. Because the voter, usually by Labor Day, comes up with some kind of an idea where he or she are going to spend their vote. Day and age. You have a huge swath, swath of independent voters and a huge swath of undecideds within those and a huge swath of millennials still trying to find a home now they're not trying to find a home because they don't know what they want they're trying to find someone of a messenger to answer the call of what their needs are and see that's that's i think where where trump needs to to keep pounding the tables but tweak his messaging. And solve our needs. He did a little bit in Detroit today. But that's where the messaging comes in critical. He can't talk about why he wants to do it for him. He needs to talk for us. Feel our pain. I'm going to deal with your problems. And use real scenarios. Get it real. Put it in front of us. Remember Joe the plumber? Of course you do. That was a real scenario got dropped in front of you, right? Things along that nature. These are things that cannot happen. Fix the VA. These are things that are happening. We need to fix the tax code for so-and-so's hardware store and everyone else like them. For so-and-so who you know, was a great legal immigrant, we need to open up the door okay, so they can flourish their business, etc. Make it a land of opportunity for all. Because that's not racist. Make the land of freedom of expression for all. Because that's not anti-religion. But talk national security from a threat basis. Paint the new reality of what today, 2016, is versus what it was 20, 30 years ago. 20, 30, 30 years ago, we didn't have terrorism in America. Even the world had minimal terrorism. Today, it's almost a once-a-day, once-a-week phenomenon. And we have to account for that from a national security sense, right? When he talks national security, you know the other thing that needs to drop in there? National debt. Whoop, well, back again. Because one of the greatest risks to this country, believe it or not, is actually the financial burden that current lunacy in D.C. is dumping on us. We can't stay the course we're on. And at some point in time, it's like musical chairs, you don't find a seat. Game over. You can't play with a shrinking deck. You need to find an answer to this problem. You need to make tough decisions. Sometimes you need to have tough love, right? You know that chucklehead in your family that was a jerk and your parents chucked him out of the house. Yeah, that's tough love. It's not fun. Sometimes it's necessary. What about that son or daughter that worked for you? You had to fire because they just simply were bad for the business. Now, all tough love. What about some in your family that had a drug addiction? You had to put in rehab. Right? That's tough love. You don't want to do that. It makes you cry. But the flip side is. What's the other option? Enable them? Because that's what D.C. does right now. They enable us to go on thinking the illusion of what we have is still okay. While they just keep spending money they don't have. Whose money? Ours, and worse off, even worse than that, our kids. If our father's generation was the greatest generation, you know we're dumping on our kids – The worst future ever if we don't change. Would you want that for your kids? Because without making a tough choice for yourself, that's what they're going to inherit from you, from all of us. We weren't strong enough to change it on ourselves, and now, therefore, down the road, they get stuck with the check. They get stuck with the burden. They get stuck with literally not the creditor nation we used to be, not the debtor nation we are. But the bankrupt nation we will be, or if you just want to print money, the devalued currency nation, okay, which will literally be worthless. Seriously? That's what you want for your kids? That's the best gift you can give them is the burden of your silent approval on what the vacuum and leadership D.C. establishments did to us? That's not right. That's not being strong. That's not courageous. Time to stand up. Time to make a difference. And I am not on the Trump train, but I am absolutely telling you she's a hell no. She's a game over. You cannot go down that path and have anywhere, any version where this country's better off. He is a businessman that understands how to balance the books, out of the box thinker. He is not locked in to being paid for by other people. So he has freedom of voice. And a lot of what he wants to do is good for everybody. So I can't stress that enough on how change now in 2016 needs to take a real big step forward. You need to start spreading the news. Shows like this, retweet it out. Share it. Put it on Facebook. Grab the link. Give people a heads up. I'm talking every day. These are my 100 hard days till the election. I'll be talking every single day, including election night. And it's critical we get the word out. I've already framed things. Okay? I've already framed a contract for America. I've framed out economics. We've talked tax reform. I'm going to keep talking. This is about us, about problems and solutions, and about how we need to get the message out. Millennials, independents, you need to make up your minds. What's right? What's real? And sometimes that's tough to see because you don't know why it's important to you. You hear free tuition, and that's exciting. Sure. When's the last time something's ever free? You ever heard the saying, you know, if you're – someone says that something's free, they're probably not telling you something. There's a a lot of truth in that, in what we have here. It's not free tuition. It's free tuition with an asterisk and the small print back of the page. Oh, that's right, but you pay for everybody else the rest of your life. That's not free. That's just changing the shape of your student loan to a different place. By the way, you don't get to choose what university you go to. It's an idiotic idea. But we have tough decisions to make, and national debt right now, right now it's a toxic talking point. Same thing with entitlements. Neither candidate can mention entitlements right now. Can't do it. Absolutely cannot do it. Why? It's toxic. You can't say I'm going to keep it. You're lying. You can't say I'm going to increase it. No money for it. You can't say you're going to reduce it. You lose votes. Leave it alone. You won't hear any words about entitlement all the way through election. won't happen. can't happen. National debt, if I'm Trump, I beat that drum. We need to go fix this, guys. This is a problem. The establishments, both parties, have given us this. Now you need me to come in and fix it. Because she's part of your problem. Choose me. I can change this. That's the message. Right? Um, If you want to know more about national debt... There is a book I wrote. It's called One Grand Bargain. It's a solution for the fiscal crisis. There's a piece of a solution in there. And again, it's not pretty. It's not fun. Sometimes you have to make tough choices, but at least it's a potential solution. Um, One Grand Bargain is available on Amazon, um, either e-reader or paperback. It's not very long. It's an easy read. Um, so is FixNation.com and YGO Conservative? Uh, if you want to get more of what I've written, you can go to FixNation.com, the website, pick up on that. Um, you can always reach me at SuggestionBox at FixNation.com, or you can reach me via Twitter, which is at fix the nation. Um What you're hearing now is either Blog Talk Radio or Stitcher or iTunes, available anywhere in the world. Um, please feel free to give me feedback. Um, again, reminder, there is a poll. It's on my uh, uh, Twitter account. So at Fix the the poll is what's the biggest priority in your presidential selection, um, whether it be economy or jobs, number two, immigration, number three, national security, or number four, personality or stability. So please do vote and retweet that kind of you know, – I'd like to see what kind of reach – is out there. I'd like as many pos- people as possible to vote. I'm, I'm curious what truth is. I'm curious what that one thing is. If something jumps off the page, I'm curious what I think it is is what the actuality is. So please vote and retweet it. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, I have a ton of fun doing this, but I take it real serious. Um, I'm passionate about what I do. I love my country. I want to be better. We have a little bit of a sickness. When it comes to this whole spending thing and this national debt thing, um, I love the premise of what we have in how we – our political process, but I think it's been tainted by people who have too much money and too much access or voice, and I think little people get forgotten, and that makes us literally pick up the check for things that we don't need or even want. So I'd encourage you to think through what they do, and uh, get active, all right? Thank you, enjoy it, and God bless.